So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Erica, and we are so excited that you're here to listen to our podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, feedback, praise, feel free to find us online at sowemetonline.com. This week's episode is sponsored by Complete Start, the makers of delicious plant-based instant breakfast shakes. So we met online on OkCupid. I don't know if you use OkCupid, but they have a very Tinder-like function where you can swipe left and right on the OkCupid app. But I like that because then you can actually go look at the person's entire profile after you've matched with each other. So it gives you a lot more information. Disclaimer, if anyone is squeamish (laughs) about restroom, bathroom, potty humor, you might want to fast forward to the break. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. So a few years ago, I swiped right on a really cute guy. And we started chatting, but when I looked at his profile, I saw that he actually lives in Florida, and he had been in D.C. for a conference, and that's why his profile had turned up for me to to see. Not just any part of Florida, by the way. Boca. (laughs) (laughs) Which always reminds me of Seinfeld, like, uh, where did did his parents live? Like, Vista or something? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, I didn't know anyone who still had teeth lived in Boca. Disappointing, yes, but we kind of hit it off, so we started with texting, and then emailing, and then we took the relationship to the next level, Skype. After about a month of Skype dates, where it was actually very cute, we both sat in our pajamas, (laughs) drinking whiskey, and talking over Skype, uh, we decided it was time to meet in person. My OkCupid date was flying to DC to meet me. Mm. This is the first time I had ever done anything like that, but I thought to myself, Why not? What if there is an amazing connection? Uh, Why limit myself? I hear you. I've done the same thing, so. So separate and apart from that, this is where it gets a little messy. I've been having some painful stomach issues around that time. And I finally decided that week to get it checked out by my doctor. And the doctor says the two words nobody wants to hear. Stool sample. (laughs) So I'd never done one before. Sorry to be gross. Like, you know, this task wasn't exactly... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wasn't exactly straightforward. So they give me all these containers. I don't want to go into all the details, but it had a sheet of very specific instructions. Oh, like wow. what had to be room temperature <laughs> and what had to be frozen and what had to be refrigerated. And I tell you all of this for a reason. You only have a certain amount of time after you collect the sample to deliver it to the lab. And I still didn't even know how one collects this type of sample, so I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you want me to go into it, but it's actually very funny. I had this whole MacGyver scheme where I'm, I'm so sorry, where I put some tin foil down and then I like made a moat. Oh my god. Okay, fine. So I I knew how to collect, but nothing in the instructions. They were so comprehensive, but nothing talked about. You know, the transfer, how you actually get it into the cups. <laughs> I'm like embarrassed talking about this. So I didn't know what to do, but I had just hosted Passover uh-huh. that year. So I found a plastic red spoon <laughs> and I used that. But then what do you do with the spoon? Like, I didn't want to put it in the kitchen trash. In hindsight, I probably should have just put it in the trash and then taken the trash out right yeah, away. Yeah. But I figured, you know, I should do the next best thing. Flush it down the toilet. <laughs> So then the water starts rising 
I grab the plunger. I'm, it's not working. And then I get a text that the Floridian has landed and he's <laughs> on his way from the airport to my apartment oh. right now. Oh, wow. So I try not to panic. Um, I go, we had a front desk at my building. I go to the girl who works at the front desk and tell her I need maintenance ASAP, telling her <laughs> my dog Scruffy somehow dropped a spoon in the toilet. The girl asks the question I somehow hadn't managed to think of. How did Scruffy flush the toilet? <laughs> oh, my lie wasn't so good. So, um, maintenance shows up with, like, this power plunger, and the next thing I know, my OkCupid date is at my front door. So before I could be like, amazing to see you, let's go to dinner, he's in my apartment. I didn't actually plan for his first impression to be a big dude literally on his hands and knees in my bathroom <laughs> going to town on my toilet. <laughs> So we go out to dinner, and I'm actually really excited about I mean, that was kind of an icebreaker, actually. But anyway, we go out to dinner, and I'm actually kind of excited about it. Though the whole time, I'm, I, I say to my stomach, like, I had to talk with my stomach. I'm like, behave, stomach, behave. <laughs> Sadly, though, over the course of the weekend, my OkCupid goggles came off. We were not a good fit. Let me just tell you, Chris, no one makes fun of my laugh or my accent without my permission. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. We did make out, you know, for good measure. <laughs> of course. Since he flew in from Florida and all. Yeah. But he never stayed over. And I will say, we were smart. He, he got an Airbnb because we didn't want to count on anything. You never know. Right. Anyway, the weekend goes by and the day he flies out also happens to be the same day I have to make my special delivery to the lab. <laughs> I figured at the rate this date weekend is deteriorating, I'm probably never going to see this guy again. So I ask him if he wants to run an errand with me. <laughs> Keep in mind, this makes me sound like a terrible person. I'm not, I promise. I put my collection, <laughs> and we're not talking stamps, into the car, <laughs> and we go to lunch first. Remember, though, this stuff has to be frozen. <laughs> so there's a wait at the restaurant, and I start to get nervous, so I decide to tell him what exactly the errand is. Oh, no. He is not amused. <laughs> we drive to the lab after lunch, which, quite appropriately, is in Foggy Bottom. <laughs> And when we walk in, I throw my sample on the counter and yell, I'm here with my stool sample. And the lady goes, ma'am, remove that bag from the counter. <laughs> she then tells me that I apparently don't have the right paperwork and I have to go home and get it and take the sample with me. <laughs> I gotta, That's a load of crap. <laughs> I have to deliver it today because I have an early flight tomorrow and can't come back. So we try again. This time it's 3.30. Plenty of time to get to the lab before it closes at 4. At that point, I had lived in D.C. for 12 years. Like, you'd think I would know that in half an hour, you can't even get around DuPont Circle, right. let alone get anywhere. Now it's creeping closer to 4. I'm calling the lab frantically. There's no answer. A few more tries, they finally answer. I'm puffing incoherently. Stool sample, last day, closing, let me in. And the lady goes, you have one minute to get here. So I somehow swerve the car into a parking space, leave the guy in the car, and I run down M Street with my flailing bag of poo in my hand. <laughs> Sorry. I get there, and the lady is standing there with her arms crossed. She looks at the papers, I feel like she's deciding life or death, and tells me it's still the wrong oh, paperwork. God. Apparently, this lady won't take shit from anyone. Oh my god. I cannot and will not walk out of there with the sample again. So I hold my head up high, ask where the nearest trash can is, and toss my precious sample. 
along with my dignity. Oh, jeez. I get back empty-handed for all the wrong reasons. My date is giving me a thumbs-up signal. (laughs) I give him a thumbs down. (laughs) I feel like that was representative of the weekend. (laughs) My weekend had such promise. You know, luckily, I will say, my stomach did start feeling better. We mutually agreed when I was driving to the airport that while we're both glad we took that risk, it wasn't the right match. So I guess this time we both got dumped. Oh, wow. I don't even have anything to say. So all I'll say is we'll be right back. Do you want to have more time in the morning to sleep, get ready, or maybe even walk the dog? You don't have to sacrifice your health for convenience now. Complete Start mixes instantly in your favorite milk or water so you can take it on the go. It comes in three flavors, super greens with a hint of vanilla, rich mocha, and peanut butter banana. Go to completestart.com and use the promo code SWMO or So We Met Online for 10% off on your first order. So what'd you think? <laughs> I don't know if I want to think. Now, I realize it was quite a ridiculous story, but the point was, well, many points, I guess, but but the initial point was we met online. He lived in Florida. I live in D.C. I think most people at that, maybe not most people, I think a lot of people at that point would say, eh, not worth it, forget it, and just stop communicating. But finding a, a really good connection is rare. Yeah. And we seemed to have one. I just found it fascinating that even after all of our Skype dates, when I met him in person, he seemed different. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose even sure. though you, you see body language and you hear tone and everything like that on Skype, I don't know, something was different. He was a lot more sarcastic in person. And, you know, sarcasm isn't my favorite form of humor. I don't get it half the time. We just didn't mesh. But I was really glad we took the risk. Yeah, I think it's worth the risk. James. Poor guy. I, I feel like I, I know he's in an improv comedy group. I feel like I gave him material for his life. For sure. Yeah, I told you that I had a similar thought about three years ago or so. For those of you who know, I live in Los Angeles or Southern California, and I've had a lot of crazy dating experiences. Yeah, and listen so, to episodes one through wherever we yeah. are now. So... <laughs> I actually at one point in time thought, you know what? Maybe it's just the women in L.A. Maybe I need to actually explore outside of L.A. and start looking at potential matches that are in other states or something. You know it's bad when you think you've dated every woman in L.A., right? (laughs) Yes. We we won't look at it in that way. but, um, But yeah, the thought is why not take that risk? Why not take that chance? Maybe you can meet somebody... And it just works. And so when we start thinking about long-distance relationships, though, there really are two different types of long-distance relationships. You've got the one where you're already together locally, and then for one reason or another, somebody has to move away, and you maintain that long-distance relationship. And then the other one is is you meet long-distance, like what your story was. Exactly. you try to figure out if you want to maintain that and make it work. Right. For me, I've been in both of those situations. You have? I yes. didn't know that. Okay. So one of them, again, I'll share these real quickly. 
One of them, I was dating somebody and her aunt got sick and was in another state. And mm. she said, I wanted to go and spend some more time with my aunt before she passes away. Sure. Unfortunately, she did pass away. But she said, you know, I'm going to go and live for a year with my aunt. Okay. Completely understandable. And we made it work. The other relationship... Well, I have a question. Okay. When she came back, do you think things settled back into exactly how they were before or was it different? They settled back in pretty much just where we left off. So it was nice. The second relationship, I actually met somebody who was remote, mm-hmm. long distance. And when remote. we. Remote. <laughs> you sound like such a corporate, like, <laughs> yeah. man, when I worked at Fannie Mae, it was so much corporate jargon. Like, I'm going to run it up the flagpole, Fred. I'll take that offline. We'll piggyback off that idea. <laughs> oh, anyway, geez. sorry, she was remote. Yeah, she was long distance. (laughs) And we had a few initial conversations. Can this work? You know, you're there, I'm here, and is this worth it? And we actually did take the risk. And it ultimately ended up being a very good relationship. It didn't last. But for what it was during the time it was, it was actually a really good relationship. How often did you see each other? Uh, We saw each other every other week. It's hard. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, long distance, I don't do that. Right. And that's often based on one bad experience. There's no disputing that long distance can be very difficult. I think the main thing that can make it work is both people being truly invested in making it work. Absolutely. I mean, that's the key. I mean, I know plenty of people. I had a friend who met someone at a wedding. They lived on different coasts, one on the West Coast, one on the East. They kept in touch over email, FaceTime, and eventually she did move out there to be with him. So it can work if both people are equally invested. Yeah, I know actually multiple couples that met long distance and have since got together and are married. So it can work, but like you said, it it has to be mutual. There has to be a mutual understanding in terms of what the expectations are, what the duration is, Correct. what the travel schedules are, how you're going to communicate. Right. All of those things need to be really understood in order to make that work. Right. And I would think it would be harder for people who, I mean, I know we've talked about the five love languages quite a few times, but I would think it would be harder for people who physical touch is their primary love language. Because like for me, for example, I like words of affirmation. I like people to tell me things I want to hear. You know what I mean? If someone likes me, I want to hear, I like you. Now I know actions speak louder than words, blah, blah, but I like words. Whereas you said your primary one is physical touch. That would be really difficult. You know, you certainly can't give someone a hug over FaceTime. You know, some of these terms are cliche, but absence grows the heart fonder. Mm, Try again. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence makes (laughs) my heart grow more weary. I don't know. You know, all of those terms. And then what happens is you connect and that time together, that physical time together is almost enough fuel Mm. to get me to the next time. Even though, yes, you want it regularly, you want it daily, it's you understand the situation so you can say, okay, I'm going to see you again next week. Great. But then I think there's the other end, which is everything is so great when you do see each other because you never have that day to day. So it's a huge adjustment when people are only spending weekends together, for example, and then they, whatever they decide, they decide to move to the same city or they decide to move in and it gets a lot more difficult when yeah. you're actually in the same physical place. Yeah, and I think 
this is part of the benefits of being in a relationship first before it goes long distance. Sure. Because you've had that time to really get to know each other and understand each other. You know, we talk sometimes about the honeymoon period where it's all very intense. And I think even when you meet somebody long distance, that honeymoon period is still happening, right? So you're not seeing the day-to-day interactions and challenges that you may... uh, You're not seeing where, you know, he or she throws his socks. You're not seeing... You know, the bathtub mildew. You're not seeing... <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but I'm, I'm not. Right, I mean, right. These no, are, it's true. These it's are all true. daily life things. I have a constant stream of pet hair in my apartment that I have to vacuum all the time because of Scruffy. If someone didn't actually live here or come to visit me a lot, they wouldn't know that. Right. And for some, over FaceTime and on Skype and some of the ways that we can keep in touch now, that's... Great. Oh, they don't see it. You know, they just see you. They just see what they want to see. And they're not seeing that in-person interaction. You're on your best behavior if you're only seeing someone infrequently, right? Now, I don't believe in like this best behavior stuff. I mean, I'm always the same person, but that's not true for everyone. If they want to impress someone, they'll turn it on for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, totally. So like with my one relationship where I met her long distance we began talking daily. We mm-hmm. had nonstop text messages going back and forth. We were on the phone for two to three hours every night. Uh, we were doing FaceTime. We were doing Skype. We were doing everything. And we were doing this nightly three to four hours for probably a good month before we actually got to meet in person. Well, okay, actually I want to make a point about that because this we have to talk about catfishing now. So you were FaceTiming and Skyping, so you knew the person was who she said she was. Yep. But this is how a lot of people get in trouble. Yeah. They only have phone calls with people. The person says he or she lives far, far away and can't meet in person anytime soon. Make sure you are seeing a face because far too many people get themselves in trouble where they romanticize things. They have these long, prolonged phone conversations every night, hours and hours. You need to see the person to make sure. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Catfish. Yeah. It's addicting in a bad, bad way. Yeah. Because it's people, if you don't know what catfishing is, it's when you pose as somebody else online, somebody you are not. It could be a different gender. It could usually... You're posing as someone younger, as someone more attractive. You're often using celebrity pictures you've found online as your own profile pictures. And a lot of people do that because they lack self-esteem and they don't think anyone would be interested in the real version of themselves or they're not comfortable with the real version of themselves. So they take on this persona, suck people in, and it can never come to fruition because... That's not who they are. So right. make sure if you are starting something long distance, especially from online, it's one thing if you meet at a wedding, you know, you know what the person yeah. looks like. But if you're meeting online long distance, hey, go for it. But like those Skype dates I had with my date at least assured me I am talking to the person I think right. I'm talking yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think age plays into this? And let me give you two examples. Okay. As a college student, you may decide to go away for school. And so when you're in school, you meet somebody, you begin dating. Uh, That individual lives in a different state. And so when you go back home, your significant other that you're dating during college is in one state and you're in another state, right? right? 
but you still want to maintain that relationship. Right. Or in another situation where you get a little older, Mm -hmm. like for my perspective now, I have the means and time based on my schedule. Mm -hmm. I could really be in any state at any time whenever I want to. Right. So I can, you know, pick up and go meet somebody in D.C. if I wanted to. Right. Right. In those two scenarios, do we see any differences because of age in long-distance relationships? I never really thought about it as an age factor. I mean, I really think it's the readiness of both people and the amount both people want to invest, no matter how old they are. Now, I will say connections are different as you age. You know, a connection you make with someone in college is very different from a connection you're going to make with someone later in life. Maybe after you have children, maybe after you've been married. So I don't know, to be honest, if that impacts the longevity of a long-distance relationship or anything like that. But in general, people are looking for different things at different ages. Is it more inclined to work when someone's younger or older? I I don't know. If someone comes to me and says... I'm thinking about starting a long-distance relationship or should I stay with my partner? He or she is moving. It's not my place to answer that question. It is, however, my place to ask you questions. Do you love this person? Do you want to stay committed to this person? Do you have the wherewithal not to see other people, if that's the arrangement you've come up with, and to stay, you know, loyal to your partner? Is that something you want? Do you want to have a relationship devoid of physical touch When you're not together. I mean, I would ask all of these questions because I can't say no, a long distance relationship will never work or absolutely, you should always go for everything, right? It's really such a personal decision. And I just want to help if you do have that question, I just want to help you get your thoughts together. Would I do it? Look, I I had the guy from Florida come up here. Why? Because I thought maybe. You never know. Like you, Chris, I can be anywhere. (laughs) Do I want to move to Boca? Not for at least 35 years. Yeah. But I thought, why not? If the connection is really good, figure it out later. Yeah, loyalty is a big challenge as well, you mentioned, because temptations or whatever, like you said. Sure. I mean, there's absence makes the heart grow fonder, but there's also out of sight, out of mind. Right, exactly. So I think that's always going to be, you know, one of those things that you are going to have to sincerely think about. I know I was uh, dating somebody a while ago. You know, they lived near me. At some point in time, we had the conversation about where do we want to live, you know, when we get married or when Mm -hmm. we grow Mm -hmm. up type of thing. (laughs) And she specifically said, I always want to live in L.A. or I always want to live in Southern California. And for me personally, I can't say Without a doubt, I'll always want to live in California. Well, I think that's that's a whole other right. discussion. So what it began to become clear was if we got to a point where I decided that I wanted to move, even though the relationship was strong and mm-hmm. we both loved each other and we both wanted the same thing and we were both committed and all of these other things. If I decided that I needed to move or transfer or whatever... I don't know if that relationship would stay. So to your point, it has to be on that individual basis. But if I said, yeah, I'm going to move, I think the relationship would end. I mean, that's a whole other thing about deal breakers and non-negotiables. I was talking to a client about this the other day, actually, because he lives in a suburb and he was on a first date with someone and she said, I will never live in the suburbs. I hate the suburbs. And he asked me, is this doomed? And I said, look, people change their mind. 
I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. If that's a a real definite thing, yeah, it probably won't work. But maybe you'll want to move into the city one day. I don't know. I mean, I'm one of those people. I never want to live in the suburbs. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. I live in Orange County, and Los Angeles is only about 30 miles away, but it's about a two-hour commute. (laughs) That, to me, is long-distance relationship right now. Yes, and people in D.C. (laughs) see long-distance as... Someone recently lives in Bethesda, and a guy said no to her because he lives in Arlington. And if you're not familiar with D.C. geography, they're really close. Right. One person was unwilling. It doesn't even matter how, quote, long distance you think. You know, both have to be willing. Yeah, I mean, eHarmony has it set up where you can pick 30 miles away, 60 miles, 120 miles, Mm -hmm. 500 miles, same state, different states. You could select the states, same country. Right. So the options are there. But I think what we're ultimately getting to is it's all going to be on an individual basis. So if you're okay with dating somebody in another state, they're going to have to be on the same page with that as well. Well, exactly. And just to wrap up, you know, even though my Floridian and I didn't work out, like I said at the end of my story, I'm really glad we took that risk because to this day, we might have wondered what if. Right. Thanks for listening.